1: Hey, everyone. Happy
0: Thursday. Hey, hey. End of season. Brad Wren.
1: Hey,
0: everybody. How you doing? Hey, hey. And John Kearney. Hey, hello, iRacers. On the show today, we'll be taking a look ahead to the next season build and look behind at the 2023 NIS season. We'll look at more iRacers making their way to the real tracks and ask what tracks need to be scanned before they disappear.
1: That's right. And if you join us at irishslounge.com and select show notes, you'll be, see, you'll, you'll be able to see all of these great stories and products we'll be discussing in today's show. So log in, check it out, and we'll see you there.
0: jump to topics. Uh, Brad, tell us about the Martinsville Full Send.
2: Yeah, so Tuckles tweeted a video that has been being victimized by the Martinsville Full Send, kind of similar to what Chastain did uh, last year. Exactly ride the wall, but uh, pretty much did almost the same thing.
0: Yeah, so basically, uh, you know, a lot of uh, bad driving at Martinsville. I kind of wanted to talk about it. You know, this guy was talking about it and uh there's really a lack of respect on the track, it seems like, especially at Martinsville. I mean, we just can't seem to get out of that, you know, fifty percent or more of the laps are under caution.
1: Yeah, Martinsville is one of those tracks where when you're not when you're racing with people who you don't know, it makes a big difference because you know if, if it's people you're used to racing and you practice together you get used to their breaking points and maybe that can help out a lot but also you might have a little bit more respect and not do like this guy did and just just throw it in and have no chance of being able to make that corner and just wash up wash both of you up the track
3: yeah i mean that track has limits you can't just you know send it into the turns one or turns three and expect to be able to keep it down you're going to shoot up like this guy did and and this is a
0: result uh in the chat i always told the guys be on the bottom man always be on the bottom because if you're not and you're on the outside you're at somebody else's mercy i mean if they overdrive it you're going with them to the wall
2: yeah i think um i didn't run this past week at martinsville but i think back to you know most of my earlier days i think the best races i ever had was if it was a league race and you're used to racing with the same guys every single week you know and you get used to each other
0: well you know on the other hand if you run a series consistently like the nascar i series open for 36 weeks lots of times you are racing the same guys every week and so you do get to know them and it's almost like a pseudo league. And that's the, I think that's why I like it. I mean, you end up racing good people that really have a lot of talent. I mean, there's so much talent in top split, so hard to win there, you know? And so, but the other hand, you know, there's not the uh, the thing that always is the bad thing with leagues, which is the admin and his friends get breaks, you know, that the others don't. I like that there are no admins. I like that uh, of NIS is official where, you know, it's the same rules for everybody, no matter what.
1: Yeah. But at, at the same, the, the one drawback to that, Mike, is that there is there is no, um, nobody's held an account for really dumb stuff. You know, you'll you'll get your exes and you might, you know, you people might um, not want to race around you, but there's... You know, you can't get like a suspension or lose points or anything like that that would carry over. I know, I know you mentioned that some of that stuff gets a little um, subjective when admins are involved, but um, there's there, there's way to mitigate that to a point. But um, but yeah, I I think I, just in general just the lack of um of any kind of retribution for stuff like this just makes this these nis races sometimes like at a hard track where there's hard break zones at martinsville make it difficult to, to um to enforce and stuff
0: well i racing does have some changes come into the uh enforcement of uh the sporting code uh, we'll talk about that later in the show but that might be the answer to all this we'll have to wait and see all right, John, how about the NASCAR next-gen manual? Yeah, so
3: <clears throat> iRacing has released a next-gen uh, uh, next car manual. And I know we've talked in previous shows about some of these. These things are really good uh, to give you an understanding of everything from the in-car controls that you have and adjustments you can make in the pits it's a really good thing i mean there are a lot of listeners out there i'm sure who are like me and aren't well schooled on what some of these fine adjustments to the car do Uh, but this will tell you you know if you're loose here's what you can do if you're tight here's what you can do and it breaks it down in great detail and it's a a really good resource to understand
0: the nuts and bolts of these cars i think the biggest thing it points out to me that I always often forget that there's two engine packages for the same car, depending on what track. You got the, uh, you know, 550 uh, horsepower or the 650 horsepower. And so it, depending on if it's a short track or not. And so that, I find that fascinating that they have entirely different engine programs for the same car.
2: Well, just trying to uh, keep it as close to real life as they can.
0: So they're just copying it, right? Right, I know
1: if I try to make adjustments, I'll go to the garage and uh you know it'll give you a brief a little a little drop down of you know what stuff does as you highlight it in the garage. you know it might say you know too much of this it will loosen it and this will tighten it, but having a more comprehensive book like this is pretty valuable for guys who who are not like engineers as far as setting up race cars and and uh and, and learn how to really adjust them right. This is a really good um,
3: resource for those kind of guys. Yeah, I mean, how many times have you gone in the garage for a car and you've seen things like shock collar offset? I mean, I think the average guy is going to look at that and, and not touch it because nobody knows what that is, but this guy tells you. Yeah, and so, you know, all those little things that you – you don't know about or don't understand, this will give you some background on it. So it's a good resource.
0: Our teammate Chris was saying how much he loves this car. Now he's fallen in love with it. Um, and I wanted to ask you, Brad, I mean, when, when you were racing, it was a different generation. I mean, now you're coming into the gen seven. I mean, what do you think are the, uh, of the differences?
2: Uh, it's just trying to kind of relearn the whole setup, uh, approach. You know, the car is so different, um, you know, the, the, the Xfinity or the B-Class, um, I can jump into that and, and have a pretty good idea of what I need to do to make changes. Um, but getting into next-gen, it's almost like getting in a, uh, in a Trans Am car or an IMSA car. So many different variables. Um, I'm not a huge fan of them, just I don't like the feel of it. Um, they need more power. That's my biggest complaint. We talked about it, you know, during the race last night. To, we all want more horsepower and just make them a little bit, uh think, harder to drive.
0: Right, Brian, how about we got some update on Fontana?
1: Yeah. So everybody, uh, well, most people know that the the two mile track at Fontana, in California, is being demoed and and changed to a new uh, configuration. And Alan Bailey, at team spire, posted some photos of the track being uh, being dug up and uh, and the process has started. So. Um, if I'm, if I'm remember right, it's not going to be for next year, maybe the year after that is it'll, it'll, it'll be ready. But, um, so I'm going to, I really miss California, the, the Fontana track, um, cause it's like, it's a two mile track, but it's not like one that you're mashing it all the time. There's a lot of off throttle, um, in the corners just cause it's, you know, even though it's big, it's, it's kind of flat. Um, so I always did like that track and, uh, I'm not not super excited about turning it into a short track, but that's what's happening, and this is the photos of the process going forward. Yeah,
2: the only thing that concerns me is we're seeing a lot of pictures of it being um, demoed. I have a bad feeling we're probably not going to see a whole lot of pictures of a a new track being built. It's just my gut feeling.
0: Or will there be a new track built? Um, I saw on the Twitter someone else, I don't know what their their credibility is, but they indicated they're just demoing it and they don't have a plan yet to build one.
2: Well, the, from what I remembered, the, the the size of property that, I guess, NASCAR has secured uh, is really not big enough to do much of anything, no parking or anything like that. And if they're gonna, I guess, rent space or whatnot, I guess, but, uh, you know, I think California was one of those unique tracks. Everybody said it was the sister to Michigan, but it has so much more character than Michigan, a little bit flatter. Um, but then, the you know, the age of the track, just uh, so drivers, you know, really liked it. Uh, it's another one of those tracks I think that was really good in the center. But, hey, at least we get it it gets to live on in our racing, right?
0: Yes. It does, but, you know, it falls away in official racing, you know, because we follow the NASCAR schedule, obviously, so... You know, uh, we can run it in our leagues and host it in different things, you're not going to see it much in official, I would guess. Yeah, if you
3: go on their website, uh, you know, somebody, the, one of the questions on the FAQs is, we've heard a rumor that this short track will never happen. Is that true? And their answer is, planning continues for next-gen NASCAR short track on a portion of the currently property NASCAR retains. So, yeah, I think you're right. I mean, it's still in planning stages. I don't think we know what we're going to get yet.
1: Well, we know iRacing worked with NASCAR to help design a short track, but that, yeah, again, that just because you have a design for it doesn't mean that it's going to happen. So, I I hope so, but we'll see.
0: I'll take this one. Uh, DJ EJ posted a video that should, uh, what tracks should be scanned before they're no longer available? And he uh, came up with this list, and um, I wrote it down here. I'll read them off. Rockingham, UK. Uh, that's a awesome oval, I think. Um, I believe that's the one where Alex Zanardi lost his legs in a cart race once. Greenville Pickens. Everyone's heard of that. It's a local uh, NASCAR uh, short track, I think, in the Carolinas uh Nazareth Speedway up in PA um Indy cars used to run up there um the track is still in really bad shape i don't know if that can really be scanned or not um another one Decaturba Spain if i said that right <laughs> Calder Park or Thunderdome in Australia that one looked really cool i i believe it had a road course and a small oval Uh, the De Terra Mar, this track looked cool. High banks, 66 degrees, 1.2 mile oval. And the last race on it was the Spanish grand Prix in 1922. But, uh, they, they showed pictures of it. It's amazing. Uh, Heartland park, Topeka, orange County fair speedway in New York, a dirt oval. And then Wakefield park in Australia
2: yeah um you know i could think back to some of the earlier papyrus games you know nazareth we had uh, they did an expansion pack for the trucks when that was released uh, we had heartland park topecus now they weren't scanned but you know some of these tracks have been in games um but uh yeah it's uh some of them will go away the uh the the, the or or whatever reminded me of uh, of uh monza um i know they went out and scanned monza um and then if you've ever watched, um, oh, what is it? It's the British Car Show. I can't think off the top of my head, but they they did a couple episodes with some cars at that track.
3: Yeah, I, you know, it's a. I guess from a nostalgia standpoint, uh, it would be kind of neat to have these tracks preserved. On the other hand, uh, you know, if you've got a track like Nazareth, you know, like Brad said, we did that back in the papyrus days, but. When you've got these tracks that have fallen out of use, uh, is there really going to be participation for events in those? And I, I'm kind of wondering if people would not have a lot of interest because of that.
0: Well, the other thing I'm thinking is if I'm in the business of putting out laser scan tracks, do I have a priority list based on this kind of thing? Like these these tracks are not in use. If I don't scan them soon, we won't be able to scan them. You know, as you're trying to figure out, you know, okay, are we going to scan active tracks, unactive tracks? You know, uh, I guess, how do you prioritize that?
2: Well, I think at the end of the day, we got to remember that racing is, is in the business to to make money. And uh, I think that's kind of where some of the priority starts. You know, you spend the time and the the, the labor, the money to go scan it, develop it. You've got to be able to sell it as well. Which means it's got to go into a service. I mean, there's no point in releasing a track if you're not going to put it in a schedule.
3: Yeah, I don't. I don't see point. the. Sorry. Yeah, I don't see. The, I don't see these tracks really being used that much. I mean, uh, you know, I'm with Brad. This it's it's a business from iRacing's perspective, and I think as I racers, what we want to see, which we'll talk about later, instead of tracks that we don't really race on that much or anymore at all is instead of that, hey, let's update what we've got and let's, you know, improve the graphics of the things that we run on a regular basis.
0: Yeah, it's a good point. I mean, because a lot of the racing series follow real life schedules. So the likelihood that these would end up in most of these series is unlikely just because of that.
1: Yeah, some of these tracks are really cool to look at while, you, while you're watching DJ EJ's video. Um, a, I think Nazareth is the one that's like a one mile. It's it's almost like a Pocono. It's almost like a three-turn track because the dog leg is so pronounced. It's not like your typical tri um, trioval type of track. It's, it's a very pronounced angle. The problem with Nazareth um, is that, you know, they they re they they did some cleanup to get North Wilkesboro. This is way beyond North Wilkesboro's condition, um, so just cleaning it up is not gonna not gonna make this thing scannable.
0: Yeah, good point. Um, and the the one with the sixty six degree bank in Europe as well. I mean, I the video you see of that, it doesn't look like it, it. You know, it's way beyond. You know, it needs to be uh totally cleaned up if you were to scan it. All right, let's jump to the next one, Brian. NIS twenty twenty three wrap up.
1: Yeah, guys. So uh, this is the last um, week coming up for NIS, and it's been a it's been an awesome season. Uh, Mike and Tom have been having a, a fantastic um, points challenge going through. So, what? Um. So we're we're like look ask looking back, asking what the highlights of seasons have been for you so far. Um. I know, Mike, you had a couple good wins. Do you want to talk about some of those?
0: Yeah, I mean, um, really good season for me. I've never gotten this high in the points championship before. Uh, looks like I'm going to finish second. I'm, I'm 99% sure I'm locked in, according to the mathematic guys on our team. <laughs> so I'll trust them and say I finished second. Brad, uh my uh, I mean uh Tom, my teammate, he uh he won it, man. He he uh he had a better I rating for me than me through most of those starts and was able to gather more points and he did it. And so uh really proud of him and my run, but the whole team in, in general. I mean, all of us are are running well. A lot of us have gotten wins. Uh, some of us are knocking on the door. Um, I believe I had three, so, uh, Indy road, Martinsville and Dover. Uh, so pretty proud of that. I, especially the road course. Um, so I've won on dirt in NASCAR. I've won on the road course in NASCAR. So I can't be more pleased than that. Um, just real happy to get through Phoenix. I actually had nerves last night before the race, Brad, you were trying to call me down, but, uh, it was a long race. It was three and a half hours or so. Yeah.
2: Well, I got back on the service towards the tail end of the, the year. So I'm just, uh, preparing and looking forward to next year. Um, uh, excited for, um, you know, just a few races that I've been able to do with you guys. And again, like we've, we've talked the team atmosphere is it's just, it's, it's a great place to be encouraging, helpful. Um, you know, to, you know you're running a race and you can chat and everybody throws ideas off each other and it's just great so again we got a little a little slow time and then we'll we'll pick back up in february
1: yeah um the, some of the new additions to defosi racing have, have really made this interesting for uh nis and and the great thing about you know towards the end of the season it seemed like um a lot of guys were getting grouped in with the same um, close to I ratings and they were racing together. Cause um, it seemed like earlier in the year, um, we would have like a, a bunch of guys racing and then maybe only two of them were on the same split. Everybody else was on different splits. And it's, it's a lot more fun when you get your teammates grouped in a, in a, um, a session together. And uh, we saw a lot more of that towards the end of the season. And uh, especially with the new guys have come along.
3: Yeah. yeah. Speaking of, yeah, speaking of that, I, I uh, of course, I'm one of the new guys uh, for uh, Tofosi with Tafosi Racing. But finally, last night, I got to run with a teammate, uh, Tony Rochette, and I were in the same split at Phoenix, and I thought that was really awesome to be able to uh, to chat, you know, with a teammate and be in that race. Uh, it was long, but it was a lot of fun. Yeah,
1: there
2: was four of us in the uh, split I was in last night. It's, 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 it's fun.
0: Yeah, so. It's a great series. I recommend everyone to get involved next year. Um, you know, if you're going to pick a 36-week series on iRacing, there's only a few of them out there, to be honest. So you got the, I think the Xfinity and Truck have something like this, but um, then IMSA, I believe, has something like this, don't they? But I think this is the oval series to be in, but with the different mix of dirt and road, it can be quite a challenge, you know, up and down weeks. Uh, some weeks are good. Some weeks you're not at your best track. You're just trying to get a few points and get out. Um, I've had some horrible weeks, but the good weeks offset. And it's been a lot of fun. Like you guys say to work as a group, uh, to run these things. And so, yeah, I can't wait for next year and we'll do it. will do it again.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think the one thing that I always liked about the NIS is it's limited starts. So that really makes it, um, you know, you got to put your time in, uh, work on your race craft. It's not like really just a regular series where, you know, you can run every two hours. Uh, so when it comes down to it, you know, you have two bad races or whoever you're fighting against as a bad race, you've got the opportunity to think to some headway.
3: Yeah. And, you know, for me, again, uh, not having been in this very long, I think it's really neat to do this because, you know, again, average user, you just you open up iRacing and you just look for a race and you randomly jump into it. Doesn't mean a whole lot, but this is, you know, a, a full season, something to look forward to every week, uh, to challenge yourself, try to build up points, and you know, for anybody that hasn't done
0: this, get ready, do it
3: in 2024. You'll have a blast.
0: Well, and the four special events uh, are part of that series as well. There's four full full-distance ovals, and, uh, yeah, t- this week is one of them. So get ready for that three-and-a-half-hour race. Let's keep moving. Uh, Brad, how about sim to real life?
2: Yeah, so uh, Daniel Morad has put together an opportunity for 16-hour racers uh, from the Moradness M Squad uh, sim racing team to drive the real-world Mercedes GT4 cars. And, uh, they had the opportunity to do this, um, you know, get back into racing uh, this past year, came across his channel and uh, it's pretty neat. You know, he, he's pretty competitive uh, GT3, GT4 driver and, um, you know, takes the, the sim side of it very serious as well. So uh, it's really cool to to see guys get the opportunity to get behind the wheel of, a, of an actual car. So uh, you watch the video, you just see nothing but uh, ear to ear grins. <laughs> From everybody that was uh, was able to to hop in the car, so just another uh, really good opportunity, you know, for for some racers to get an opportunity to get behind the wheel of a car. And then uh, again, just I think Daniel's a great uh, ambassador for the sport to just continue to to uh, to show the, the you know the the, uh, the usefulness of of racing when it comes to his training and, and preparedness and everything.
0: How do you, do you know how they got selected? Like, were they part of his stream community or uh, or were they just local to where the event was or what?
2: So he does, I know they do a bunch, he does a bunch of races different times through the week and stuff. So I think it's, my guess is it's probably guys that he races with, say the, uh, the M squad, some racing team. So I know uh, I follow him on Discord and i get announcements every now and then, that you know, it's race time or whatever. So that would be my guess.
0: Yeah, I've always tried to get somebody famous to get on our team like that so we could get some swag, you know. Um, If we invite a a real driver to run. You know, in fact, when SVG was getting ready for um, his NASCAR race, I hit him up on the DM and said, dude, you can come sit with us in Discord while we run these NIS races if you're practicing. But I didn't hear back. All right, Uh, Brian, we have a mid-Ohio repave.
1: Yeah, so uh, the uh, Mid-Ohio's official Twitter page announced that the full repave of the racing surface has completed at the Mid-Ohio sports car course. Um, so that's, uh, you know, whenever, whenever these things happen, we always ask if iRacing is going to rescan after this uh, after this repave. So, um, you yeah, know, who knows? Uh, I know they got a lot going on, but but um. I think this would completely change this track, you know, when when you get all new asphalt like this. And um, I always thought that uh, Mid Ohio was the typical course or track for the um, SCCA runoffs that they did at VIR this year. So maybe that's why they were at VIR, and maybe they might be heading back to Mid Ohio next year after this complete of uh, this uh, repave.
2: Yeah, they're typically at Mid Ohio. What I know, they have moved it around a few times. Um, it to be interesting because I'm sure it's going to completely change uh, the way to track uh, races. Um, you know, Road America was repaved this past year, and if you watched any of the um, the BMCA races and stuff there, you know, it was uh, basically one line. If you got off line, you know, it was treacherous. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how how the new asphalt is. And yeah, I mean, of course, love to get our racing back out there and get us an up to date track.
0: Well, I guess. I don't know if this is an oval thing, but don't we want the pavement to age a little bit before we scan it? So, you know, do do we really want a brand new, fresh, you know, never been run on track to be scanned?
1: It's probably a little different on the oval, I, I think, than road. Um what do you think? Brad? Um, I think you're probably
2: right, Mike. I mean you think about um, you know, mid Ohio where it's at, you know, it's the, the weather, you know, where that's at in the country, I'm sure it's going to probably age, I would guess, pretty quick. Um, just with the, you know, the different extremes and in the, in the weather. Um, but yeah, you're probably right. Maybe give it a couple years or a couple seasons, maybe.
0: Yeah, let the cracks develop, the 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 ground settle, so to speak. Um, yeah, I don't know. But uh, yeah, so with that put that on the radar. All right, John, how about Vicente Salas has done a hat trick?
3: Yeah, Vicente Salas is on a roll here. So on Tuesday night, 39 drivers went to uh, Darlington for the 2023 E-NASCAR Contender iRacing Series uh, race. You know, this guy in the last four races, he's had uh, three straight victories. A second place, I believe, at uh, Vegas, and these guys. This is important because they're fighting to stay in the top twenty, uh, you know, for the for the upcoming season. So
0: uh, Salas is on a roll here. Well, I'd say, I mean, a second and then three wins in a row. I mean, you can't get much better than that. I don't normally talk about the Contender series on the show. But I had to stop and wait a minute. This is something we should talk about. This guy is doing something special. I mean, this is the best of the best guys on Oval that are in this series. Okay. So um, you got people like Ray Alfala, you know, trying to get back into the Coke series and other former uh, Coke series people that have been relegated. So it it is a cutthroat racing and, and in that kind of environment, to to do a second, first, 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 man, he's just clicking it off. I, I just can't say enough how impressed I am.
2: Yeah, I watched a little bit of this the other night, and uh, I mean, it was not a good start to the race. They hadn't even taken the green, and they were wrecking. I know Al Fowler got caught up in that, but uh, you know, on Twitter, there's been a it's been quite a uh, conversation about the the way that the racing has been in the E contender series this year with a lot of, a lot of complaining of guys just, uh, you know, sending it not, not really concerned about, uh, you know, their race craft and anything else. So I think a lot of that's still kind of blowing over from even the, the Coke series. There was some discussion, you know, during those races
3: as well.
0: And I also heard during, there's no live admin on these races. They're just running them as a, you know, official or whatever.
3: Yeah. And I saw in there, we've got, you know, if you look at the point standings, uh, you've got about oh, five or six guys that that are doing really well. But if you look down toward that cutoff line at 20, I mean, there's a lot of guys that got to be sweating it out whether or not they're going to make it into that top 20.
0: It's a short series, too, um, you know, before next season. So, yeah, you got to be on it. Poor Ray Alfala, I think he was one of the people caught up in the early wreck, and he finished almost dead last.
2: Yeah, like I said, I don't even think he crossed the, uh, he may have just taken the, you know, the, uh, the green flag and he got caught up. There's was about 10 of them. It was just
0: some mess. Okay. I got this one. This is the big topic Season one build content list. Out of the blue, we got a iRacing blog from executive producer Greg Hill. He gives us some pictures of new content. Pretty cool looking. But let's go over what, he said in the blog. And so I kind of broke it down into sections and we'll, we'll just kind of uh, bounce through the, the main sections of what he covered. I got the first one, a new graphics engine. We are thrilled to upgrade our graphics team later this year through the addition of multiple industry, industry leading principal level rendering programmers who together with our existing team, will help evolve iRacing's graphics tech in a way never before seen on this platform. These developers have spent the last 20 years building and leading graphics rendering teams across a broad spectrum of powerful graphics engines, such as ID Tech, Unity, Unreal, Decima, and Glacier. Our reconstituted graphics team will be more formidable than ever, and we couldn't be more excited about what's to come. It is important to note that a graphics engine upgrade is a major long-term project and the results will take time. That said, it will be well worth it in the short term. We will continue improving the current rendering technology.
2: So what is iRacing time versus real time?
0: This is great to hear. This is like really big news. I think you gotta remember how old iRacing is, you know, and and a lot of people have you know had crosswords because of that you know it's not on a a, a, a modern engine well they're going to make a modern engine
3: yeah i you know brad makes good point i think sometimes we think they work in dog ears on this stuff but uh, but there's a lot to unpack here so if you look at this um team of developers they've put together. Note some of these companies, ID Tech, Unity, Unreal, Decima, Glacier. So, uh, as a guy who used to do and still occasionally does like first-person shooter games, I mean, this is the real deal here. These they, They've got some people that have done some high-end graphics. So, I think this is great news. We've, we've got some good things
0: coming down the road what a behemoth project can you imagine, you know, to take the the existing software that they've progressed quarter after quarter after quarter for, you know, 12 years, 15 years, however long it's been, and and to take that and then recreate it into a different engine. You know, as a project manager that used to be in software, it boggles the mind, the, the depth of this project. But like you said, it sounds like they've, they went and hired a bunch of you know high-end people to make it happen
3: yeah you you know another thing that comes to mind i mean i'm maybe jumping ahead of the curve here but you know if they upgrade to some with with um some high-end things does you know what does that mean to us i racers does that mean we're going to have to upgrade equipment you know will the existing cps that we have or, or computers we have run this i mean there's a lot here and uh, I'm excited about it. Uh, but yeah, there's, there's a whole lot for us to think about down the road, save, save your money. You know, you may have to get that new computer you've wanted.
0: You know, like Brad said, dog years, that, that's a title idea there.
2: <laughs> uh, next big update was about uh, rain is coming. So Another big picture update that I know many have been following closely, the status of our advanced new weather system called Tempest internally. Now while we aren't ready to to guarantee it for December, we are now confident enough to say that the release of this incredibly complex system is imminent. That means it's going to rain soon, folks. Tempest was built from the ground up and consists of several interconnected systems that stimulate not only rain and the effect that water has on the racetrack, race cars in surrounding area, but also the physical components that combine to create to create various types of weather. The system is fueled by extensive real world data from the very locations while you while you'll be racing. Together with our dynamic track systems, the combined experience is, is unparalleled in simulation gaming. We do not want everyone to un- we we I guess we do want everyone to understand that the system requires per car development. It's not as simple as adding a generic rain tire one to our vehicles. Rather, we're doing car by car R&D to ensure proper rain tire construction, modeling and drive- driving characteristics. As a result, rain support will be added to the sim in batches starting with a compelling initial offering that is likely to include the Formula 1600, the Toyota GR86 the Ferrari 296 GT3. So everybody's been asking for this for years, and I have a feeling once we get it, people are going to be like, I don't want to drive in the rain.
0: <laughs> One thing uh, Greg Hill noted in the forums on the uh, reply to somebody, that rain is only for um, road pavement. It's not for oval, it's not for dirt. You know, it's specifically to road pavement. So,
1: and it seems like they're going to um, be unveiling it kind of like AI is is done, where they just do like maybe one or two um, tracks or or common car combinations at a time they're not going to be like because it, it's not a simple just here's here's rain it works on every track exactly the same it's it's very dynamic and um it will affect different cars so it's not going to be able to be released throughout the entire road course uh lineups
2: yeah one of the other things he said um a little bit further talking about um he says wait until you see our aero heavy race cars vacuum up water from the track redistribute it into the air and elsewhere on the track drying the racing line rapidly in the process so um i mean if they can nail this it's going to be pretty cool if you've watched any road courses especially you know like he says here you know your high downforce aero heavy cars i mean they can dry a track quickly um you know it's it's going to be like I said i think it all depends on how good they nail this
0: I can't wait to try it. Like, get in the Toyota GR86s and, and, uh, like, you know, a mid Ohio or something. And, oh, it's raining, you know, let's do it. Now, he he definitely points out three specific cars that are likely going to have the offering to start with. I would guess that that means we're going to see that in the build, you know, for those three cars. But my question for the group is, do you think they're going to be able to expand it enough by the Daytona 24 to have it available for that rate? No, doesn't sound like it, which is, um,
1: yeah, it's, it would have to be this December release in order to be ready for the Daytona 24. Um, and it, from everything that they've indicated in this article, it doesn't look like it's, it's going to be ready for all the different cars right away. So I don't think
0: so. Yeah, I don't either. I think you're right there.
1: You
2: know, and I guess I think the one thing that still kind of puzzles me is how does this play into, you know, official racing, If it's going to be dynamic and it's going to be real time or based off of what's going on. um, Is it just going to be something that's used for special events? I mean, I can't imagine, you know, running, a weekly series and you know you happen to get in a race that has rain and the other ones didn't have rain you know that's still my my concern no. yeah because you see rain in other sims you know but those are not with the the racing structure that uh that, that our racing has as far as uh, you know weekly racing and stuff like that that's my only still you know that lingering question that i've got is how does this fit into you know official Uh, league racing, official
0: racing series. I mean, that's a great point. Let's say I'm an IMSA driver. I only can run on Thursday night because of my work schedule. And so I I run once a week. And so is it fair to me if it rains on Thursday and it doesn't the rest of the week because I'm racing in points against all these other guys and they didn't have to race in the rain and I did. That's what you're talking about, right? Yeah.
2: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, you know, the one thing that we've got now is it really, I mean, let's take, take class A, you know, that the weather's set to some degree. I mean, I think there's there's some variables in there, but, you know, wind uh, and some temperature is a lot different than a thunderstorm.
0: What if, uh, you know, in your example, what if it if they we go into a week and it's raining the whole week? So every day of the week, every session, it's always rain for that particular week.
2: So to play devil's advocate, how dynamic is that?
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. Like you said, how is it actually going to play out? What series will we see it in? Will it be special events only? Will it be just official or, or what?
3: Yeah, I would, I don't think it will be random at first. Uh, I do. My prediction is, that in a given week, every race that week and will either be rain or no rain. Uh, I just don't know that they'll have it set up well enough yet to just make it random that, you know, if you do it on Wednesday, no rain. If you do it on Thursday, rain. I think they'll make it a weekly thing at first. All right, John, you,
0: you take the next one. Protest system updates.
3: Yeah, so he said, uh, we have built a department whose job it is to coach, correct, and take a regulatory action when things go wrong. This team does a phenomenal job working through the thousands and thousands of manually intensive reports, each of which requires research and careful thought to ensure that if a response is needed, it is an appropriate response. With the December build, we will equip this team with a more expansive tool set to do their jobs. A comprehensive list will be provided in our next sporting code update, but for now, a preview of what's to come. And they mentioned post results race disqualification. A member or team may be disqualified from a race or event after results have been posted their championship points for the racer event will become zero and they will drop to a last place finish
0: that's a big change i think
2: um yeah i'm not really sure how to how to take this i mean it's a lot of vagueness in there yeah i I don't know do they do they get that many protests they've never filed a protest i mean you know, when they implemented that thirty minute cooldown years ago, that's enough to be like, okay, I'm done. Um, You know, you just chalk it up to what it is. But I don't know. Maybe they they get that many. Um, I don't know. It's. I'd, I'd be curious to see what the update to the sporting code is and how it's, that's that's going to be handled. It's not like someone's going to get DQ'd in the middle of a race. You know, it's going to be after the fact. Um I don't know. It's interesting.
0: And it does in. Say just the championship points. It doesn't mention I rating or safety rating would be adjusted. Um, and so I don't know. I mean, on one hand, what if it's just, you know, it's not a championship? You know, it's just an official race. It's CARB Cup. You know, what if it's CARB Cup? You know, nobody cares about championship points. So does it really matter if they disqualify you from the championship points? I mean, So there's things like that. This is just one snippet, though. Uh, There's other things in the list that the uh, admins will be able to do. They can prevent you from chat. Of course, they already can do that. But also prevent you from being in a specific part of the system. Like you can't run official. You can run hosted or league. Or they'll set you up where you can run official, but you can't run hosted or league. Or they can just section off... Parts of the sim, uh, you ca- you can't spectate, or, or you can only spectate. You can't race, and they have all these different things that they can do as part of their punishments to you.
2: Well, so maybe we're, I don't know. Maybe that makes me think about this a little bit different way. Currently, you know, you're typically either lose your chat, or you get a week off. Um, perhaps this is actually lightening up, maybe some of the penalties as opposed to just being kicked off, you know, being blocked for a week. Maybe you're, like you said, can't qualify or you can't do hosting or whatever. So maybe it's, maybe it's a, a loosening perhaps, or uh, I don't know. Well,
0: and the other way I read this is it's a software for Nim Cross and his team. There's probably some kind of, easier way for them to view replays, you know, within the SIM, or, um, I know they use some kind of CRM system to log these, uh, protests. They, they run them like a, you know, like they're a sales lead or something <laughs> basically. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, I think it's a software approach too, that gives them an easier way to, okay, I'm going to penalize this guy. They check off some boxes and this is, you know, this is how they do it.
3: You know, he mentions. Uh, he said the team does a phenomenal job working through thousands and thousands of manually intensive reports, and I didn't know whether to take that as some kind of internal reports that iRacing generates, or or they were talking about reports that drivers make against other drivers. It was unclear to me. But if it's thousands and thousands of reports that drivers make against others, man, that's a lot to go through, don't you think?
0: That's the way it sounds to me. It's the driver's report reporting other people in, you know, and I think the 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 protesting in Oval, I think, is a lot less than it may be on road. I think, you know, we don't see it as much in our races. Um, it's usually for chat stuff, you know, cussing. Uh, someone gets a little out of hand, they'll get, they'll get, uh, protested or intentional wrecking under yellow or something like that. You know, something pretty blatant. Uh, but I don't think we see a lot of protesting in oval. So that I think that's why you're surprised by the thousands and thousands, but boy on road, I think they do it a lot more.
2: Yeah. All you gotta do is go to the, uh, that are racing uh, on Reddit. Every other post is, you know, why was I processed? Or is this protestable? Um, yeah, almost all
0: road races. Okay, hey, Brian, one new car.
1: Yeah, so one new car coming up in the next build has been confirmed, and it will be the Audi RS LMS Evo Two GT3 car. So uh, while they're uh, working on oval stuff in the background, um, this is going to be the one car that they are actually guaranteeing for December. Yeah,
2: which is good. Uh, I know that Audi has needed to have been updated for quite a while for for IMSA. so that's that's good and again continuing to see that uh the relationship between our race and IMSA so strong it just tells me that my guess is you know there's a new corvette gt3 uh being released next year so i guess is you know we should have our hands on that pretty quick as well
0: i think he mentions that too that they're trying to keep himsa you know up to date and fresh with the latest models
2: yeah, and I mean, uh, you keep IMSA up to date. Really, you, you keep—we think of it as IMSA, but it's it, it's classes. So you have got GT three, which races all over the world. Hypercars which race all over the world. So I mean, it's it, it's not just IMSA. It's you know, it's again going to that worldwide audience. And I think we talked last week, you know, about is uh, you know, in the podcast last week about you know, the official racing declining, and you look at the numbers of a road racers in the Europe and stuff like that, it's just huge compared to, to what we have here in the US. And I just think have you know we're cocooned over here and we really don't think about it sometimes. All
0: right track updates on the oval side they're gonna have Slinger Speedway. It's the world's fastest quarter mile oval and it will have a figure eight configuration. Mugello Mugello circuit is looking amazing and will debut in December. Okeyama will be re-released for free with modern artwork. And they have scanned uh, Portamao and Navara, and they're underway. And the scan team also returned from a trip through North Carolina where they scanned the SRX cars, both pavement and dirt, and a handful of different street stock car bodies. They're also working on a micro sprint which will provide a great entry point to dirt oval racing. Um, and it says, do you want a pavement version too? The car will lend itself well to Mill Bridge Speedway, which is in progress, the already released Kern, and a handful of additional current and future short tracks on iRacing.
3: Yeah, that, that's actually quite a bit uh, on the track update side. I mean, who wouldn't want to race on a place called Slinger Speedway? Uh, I looked at some pictures of that, and that's a really cool-looking quarter-mile uh, asphalt oval. Got a little banking to it. I think that would be a lot of fun uh, to run. And kind of excited about these SRX cars.
0: You know, that's becoming a pretty
3: popular series
0: as well. Well, and the tidbit of a handful of different street stock car bodies, I'm sure Dale Jr. has his hands on that, but that's great to see too, because there's so many different versions out there.
2: Continuing with the updates, um talked about the career mode team is making significant headway on the project. Uh it says we're really picking up some steam across all supporting departments, including design, sim engineering, web engineering, and back back end systems. And then our user experience and design teams are working on a new structure for the UI, which will move us away from the from the modal based experience available now to a more approachable and accessible design for the future.
0: Beta UI is going away. <laughs> I always laugh a little, uh, but but I'm glad. You know that it's. I think it's good because instead of trying to fix what they have, they're just starting over. They're using a whole different. You know, approach as they say.
2: You know, Mike, I wanted to to, to ask you because you know you've been on the series, the season, the uh, on the service for for a long time. You know, getting back into it after being gone for for seven years, the updates that we get quarterly now are huge. You know, I can remember back, you know, the mid, you know, the early twenty ten, twenty eleven, twenty twelve, stuff like that. I mean, we were excited to to get a you know a season build that may have had you know. 10 or 15 lines of something new. It's just amazing how much it's grown as far as what they can put out every quarter.
0: Yeah, the team has grown exponentially since then. It really has. I mean, he talked about the gra- the way they built up the graphics team. But remember, they bought up all these console-type uh, uh, companies as well, two or three of them. They put out a you know a, a PlayStation game already. They got the NASCAR license, so man, they just grown into this behemoth. And like you said, they're just cranking on it. And what's neat is we know they're so busy with the NASCAR console stuff that they still are totally slamming on the the main product of iRacing. You know, it's obvious they're still they're still hammering on it. Uh, career mode is fascinating to me. How does that play out? Is that AI only or is that oh I'm gonna run an, an oval system, I'm gonna start in, you know, a micro sprint and I'm gonna go to this car or that car and sprint car and I'll go to an indie car eventually. Is it something like that or what what do you think?
1: Um I probably think it's gonna be limited. It's not gonna be available with every track and um a car combo. I think it's gonna be stick to the big ones, you know, like definitely NASCAR would have something like that. Maybe uh IMSA would have something where you can move up through different ranks from the GTs to the LMPs or something like that.
2: But how that how they can coincide of coincides I don't know if it just had to be on the AI side. I just I can't understand how that would that would fit into regular official weekly racing.
0: What about like there's like driver rankings, you know, like in IMSA, you have, it's like different, I I can't even remember what they call them, different levels of uh, driver. Maybe it's something like that.
2: Yeah. It's uh, gold, bronze, and silver is the way that IMSA uh, ranks the drivers. And then depending on what your rank is, what you can race, and then you've got to have certain, you know, for multi-class races or multi- yeah, you know, multi-driver cl- races, you've got to have a gold and a bronze or a gold and silver. So, yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, and think about that.
0: Okay. And then, John,
3: Oval Refresh. Yeah, the Oval Refresh has completed the full complement of developers working uh, on it each day, and they're making significant progress. These efforts will continue for some time as we iterate the many systems involved. that said, we don't want to wait until we're done to release these improvements to the service. With the December build, asphalt ovals have been updated to produce an improved dynamic racing experience. Track surface grip levels will change more rapidly as temperatures rise and fall, depending on weather, time of day, and the energy the cars are putting into the track. Be prepared to tune setups for changing track conditions and search or grip as various lanes heat up and cool down throughout the race session. So I think this is pretty good news. And we talked earlier about the, uh, uh, you know, the the manual, the car manual for the next-gen car. Better bone up on that because you're going to need to know what's changed throughout the course
0: of a race. Yeah, we talked about this in our chat a bit, but you know, Brad, you were confused because didn't we already release dynamic track? Yeah. But I think it was the, the, the next gen tire model came out and it kind of broke it, I think. And it hasn't really been right since. So maybe this is them fixing that, uh, to get it back to what it used, what it should have been, uh, after that tire model came in. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of, uh, you know, on the fence about this, I kind of wonder how it's going to affect my races. You know, I'm used to running a certain lane, the whole race. And boy, now that I got to think about, oh man, it's, it's slowing down up here, down here, I need to move up or something like that. It's a whole new uh, level of it, you know, that I haven't considered. Well,
2: I mean, that's the, uh, like I said, I was when that brought that up the Texas. So, um, yeah, that's the way it was. You, know, you had to look for grip and it would change depending on where cars ran. And, uh, you know, that's real life. I mean, you can, you watch, you know, from the NASCAR side, oh. you know, you watch a track rubber up and you'll see the lane start to adjust as, as more guys start to run high. You know, the lane will shift up top and, and guys can run high. You just can't go up there and run high to begin with. Um, uh, you know, like I said, that's why I asked that question, because it just seems like things are being, are back to being very static when it comes to the racing service, uh, other than, you know going to run 65 before my tires out, but I'm going to go back out and run the same lane over and over again. And it really doesn't change anything.
0: Now, when we talked about oval refresh in the chat, you know, everyone's like, we want stage breaks. <laughs> we want uh, stage, you know, racing. We want a choose cone. And I, you know, the more I think about stage racing and Tyler Williamson, you know, put in the chat, the reason he wants it because it it introduces that whole, that whole strategy of racing, uh, for the stage win, you know, for points, like let's put championship points on the line for NIS. I'm not saying do this on the, you know, a car, uh, the weekly series, but on NIS, you get one stage break in the middle on the half distance races, full distance. You do the normal stage breaks that the normal race has, but you award points for that just like they do in real life, and it totally mixes up the strategy. Uh, you know, some 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 people were like, We already have too many cautions, but I like it. I like the idea of the new strategy and trying to get some extra points.
2: I, I would be good for it in NIS, I don't think I'd want it uh, in the weekly stuff. Um, choose gun, I think, is a must. We don't have that yet, that surely could be done think, um, but yeah, I mean, I think stage, stage breaks will be good. You know, you again, depending on when you can, you can, from a strategy standpoint, you'd look at just like the real guys. say, so you can to flip the stage, you know, so you're going to go ahead and you're going to pit early so that when the stage break comes out, you're leading, um, you know, or however you want to do it. I'm fine with it either way. I just think it needs to be specific to NIS. I, I don't want to see it and, in, in, in at the, you know, the weekly racing series.
0: Yeah, they're not long enough, I think. Yeah, the half-distance race, I think, is the minimum, you know, it can be to have a stage break. I I don't think it works if it's shorter.
1: The only thing I don't like about it is that, um, you know, you could be racing against NIS guys who are not racing for championship points and then they don't, you know, they're not going to strategize around those and they're, and then, you know, you have certain people who are strategizing for a championship season and other guys who are just racing the win, who might take away wins from somebody who, who is not strategizing for that. I don't You know, is, do you think that could be a possibility? I think that's
2: probably no different than what you see on, on any Saturday or Sunday at um, you yeah, know, there's guys that are, they're just you know they're going to pick up a, a a stage win, but perhaps not really in a championship battle. No, I don't. Again, I, to me, it just adds another another dynamic to it. And uh, yeah, the one thing we like about NIS is the whole purpose of NIS is to try to replicate what it's like to run an NASCAR season. So why not have it in there?
0: Okay, Brian, let's talk about Racing Prodigy.
1: Yeah, so this is in a tweet from iRacing that's saying starting next week, there's 12 sim racers that are going to learn, train, and compete at Atlanta at Atlanta Motorsports Park thanks to, thanks to Sim Racing Prodigy. You can actually follow along with their journey all week on the social medias and on YouTube, actually. They're going to be broadcasting the races. So um, they're going to be competing for it says uh, they're shot at a pro racing contract in 2024 so some serious uh, high stakes on the line um i did notice i looked through the list of drivers there's 12 of them uh garrett lowe is one of them so uh that'd be interesting somebody uh, that we're used to seeing in the, in, uh, in, um, the coke series
2: yeah, so they've done this similar to the way that they've they've done some of the other stuff. You know, they had qualifiers, you had to get to get all time trials and in order to get in the races, um, you know, and then they compete in the races, you know, in a series or whatever, and I, I guess we're taking the top 12. But uh, Again, just another great opportunity. know, um, I think the more set racers that you can get into an actual car, just continues to show the the validity of, you know, what we do as a hobby, but, you know, there is some – there's a real-world application of what we did.
3: This goes back, you know, last week we talked about uh, one of DJ EJ's videos where he said, you know, if I'm CEO of iRacing for a week, here's what I would do. And one of the things he said was we want to see iRacing get some of the iRacers into real cars uh, on a real track, and this is a step in that direction. So it's pretty exciting to know that hey, if you're an iRacer racer and you're good, you got some talent, you got a chance to get on a real track in a real car.
0: Yeah, when you see these events come up, man, get involved. You never know if you get uh, if you run well enough to get in it. Pretty cool. This next one is called happening this week in i They're doing a weekly post now of events for the week and so of course we we've been talking about the NIS finale at Phoenix that tops the list you have the FIA regional F4 races of course um going on I kind of gave up on that by the way I I I was just giving up too much I rating uh you still got ringmeister draft master going on um that draft master is a a cruel mistress that kind of lures me in once in a while, <laughs> but it's fun. Uh we'll talk about that later. Uh the BMW M Sim Cup returns again this weekend. Um and then eSports, you have the uh, World of Outlaws Sprint car qualifying series going on. We talked about eNASCAR Contender. Then you have the Grand Prix Turn uh racing i racing series that was uh ran today. I, I caught a part a part of it. Porsche tag Tag Heuer Esports Super Cup Contender Series is ongoing. And then the IMSA Esports Global Championship is starting up too. So pretty crazy uh, schedule going on. All right, Brian, tell us uh, quickly about the IMSA Global Championships.
1: Yeah, so IMSA's official Twitter account announced that the list of the entries for the 2023 Esports Global Championships. So uh, that's uh, that was posted on the IMSA's official account. And you can go there and uh, if you want to check out the, uh, the news and the entries for that uh, championship seasons coming up on Sunday November 5th at 2 pm. Eastern time.
0: It will be yeah, you've got the of BMW World. official series uh, 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 teams uh, in there as well. You have uh, Casey Kerwin with Owen Carlisle uh, running for Cadillac. And then you have the Porsche factory drivers and current DTM touring car teammates running together. So quite a mix of, uh, you know, real world drivers and esports drivers.
2: And it will be broadcast uh, live on the IMSA YouTube channel.
0: Only four weeks, this series. Okay. And then Brad, winter NIS.
2: Yep. So I recently posted the details for the winter NIS season starting in November uh, will be the, uh, legacy of 87 uh, cars. So, a uh, collection of uh, tracks here. So, we start one uh, next week, 7th, with Daytona, Phoenix, Darlington, Martinsville, Charlotte, Indianapolis, Watkins Glen, Rockingham, Michigan, North Wilkesboro, Dover, Talladega, and Homestead, Miami. And again, just like with the normal NIS, it will follow the same time slots. So, you'll have uh, fixed and open uh, the normals, you know, Wednesday. Friday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, yeah, you know, the normal stuff. So I know this. Everybody looks forward to this uh, every year. So should be fun, short season.
0: Yeah, I would say don't be afraid to to, to run it, guys. I mean, it's the eighty-seven car has had a lot of changes recently uh, in the last couple of patches. They they made some significant changes to the setups to try to loosen them up and that kind of stuff. I ran a race in them not too long ago, and it, it felt pretty good. Um, I'm going to be my rig's going to be apart in pieces for a good portion of this, but as um, soon as I get back together, I'm definitely going to be running these probably uh, at least once a week, if not more. Uh, and I'm definitely going to circle Talladega uh, week 12 because that is the one I won at last year in the series. So looking to repeat.
2: Yeah, this will be my first opportunity to run. So
0: I'm looking. Yeah, this is the third season. I think I won the first season as well. Uh, So it'd be cool if I could win in all three, every season so far. Well, it looks like they've got a lot of
3: challenges in that series. I mean, uh, you know, 184 laps at Darlington. It's a lot of laps to stay out of the wall. Martinsville, 250 laps. Hopefully, it'll be more than 125 green flag laps.
0: So, yeah, there are a lot of challenges in these tracks, so it should be a lot of fun. Yeah, Watkins Glen in the middle there uh, for the road people. I uh, got the next one. Fuji eight-hour event is coming up November 10th through the 12th. And then the 2023 BRSCC iRacing FF1600 Festival. Uh, a late add to the special events calendar and the dates on that are the following weekend, November 17th through 18th. And podcast housekeeping, leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform to make it easier for more listeners to find us. Mention the podcast to your fellow drivers so they don't miss out. We do appreciate it. Get involved in the discussion on Discord or check out our script at iRacersLounge.com. And we are in regular rotation at the Performance Motorsports Net- Network. Don't forget, we do have merchandise. I'm wearing the hat now. It's a great hat. It is literally my daily driver now, uh, and I wear a hat all the time. Great, great quality. Um on the stuff. It's not cheap, I'm going to tell you that, but it is worth it. Ryan, Fantasy.
1: Hi, guys. So uh, NASCAR made it through the craziness of Martinsville Speedway. Um, coming out on top for the week was Cletus, 45, Mike Wojo, second, Iris and Mason, third. We had uh, Tony Groves finishing a tie for third, actually. Um, and we had Bobby Jonas in sixth, uh, Tony Rochette in eighth, and Tyler Williamson in 10th. So, so good showing from, uh, from Tafosi guys, um, overall standings with one race to go. Canadrian is still hanging on to the lead.
0: Mm-hmm. You got me. Yeah.
1: So, uh, Canadian is leading the overall standings with one race to go. he's pretty much got it in the bag. Um, you're talking, uh, almost, uh, over hundred, over hundred points. So he's not going to get caught. Uh, So I think we can prematurely crown Canadrian as a, as the iRacers lounge fantasy league championship for 2023. Who knows? Maybe he'll forget to put in all of his, (laughs) all of his stuff this week and, and lose, but we'll, we'll check it out.
0: Yeah. Well done to him. Uh, we'll wait till next week to make it official, uh, on the winner. The winner is going to get some merchandise from the website I was just talking about. So, uh, we'll be asking the winner to DM me an address and so forth, and we'll get them hooked up. Let's talk about the racing at Martinsville. I mean, our big discussion in our team chat was the Xfinity race with Sheldon Creed and the other RCR driver, Austin Hill. And everyone had an opinion about this, I, I was like, "Oh, he overdrove the corner and just, you know, pushed up into the next lane. He had to hit the brake, you know, to get the car to turn." You know, other people are like, "Ah, he brake checked him, you know, on purpose." And well, it came out today. Uh, Andy Petrie uh, said that the previous corner, when they hit, it bent the bumper bar down on the wheel, and when he got into the final corner, the wheel wouldn't turn. So it was actually a mechanical failure that caused him to do that. I was I
2: caught the listened to the whole race driving back caught the last like four laps once we got in the house and on the line but I was surprised it exactly went down the way I thought it was gonna go down. I mean if anybody thought that Creed wasn't gonna run Austin hard for a win, I mean I don't know, you can say the teammate thing all you want, but you know, racers that's why team the teammates in real life just doesn't work. I mean, racers by nature are selfish. And they're worried about themselves. That's 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 part of being a racer. And again, I I don't know why everybody just gets up in arms when guys just act the way they normally do. I've
3: always been under the belief that the last couple of laps, it's every man for himself, and you're going to do what you got to do to win. Um, and that sometimes that means you're, you know people get wrecked. So uh, if if Creed was racing for the win then more power to him
2: the, the bigger thing i think to get out of this if you look at the last few years i don't know who runs the public relations department for richard childers racing but it's it's horrible it doesn't matter what happens they i mean if it's a press release it's just it's uh, it's a train wreck
0: yeah yeah like when tyler reddick announced he let, he was leaving you know it was this a TR nightmare. Uh, you know, moving on to Phoenix. Uh, I mean, who do you like in the top four? I mean, any of these guys deserves to be champion. You know, you look at how Kyle Larson has run all year, what he's accomplished, you know, Ryan Blaney's hot right now. You could say the same thing about Chris bell. I mean, uh, I don't think I'm gonna be disappointed if, if any of the four win actually.
1: That's a rare 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 deal where where you're not disappointed by somebody who might win. Um so I, I think uh a couple of things to think about. I think um you know Kyle Larson's had the most time to get ready, which is really a big advantage when you win that first race to get in the Final Four. Because, you know, even though the other races, yeah, they're important, you can really just focus right off the bat at um, for Phoenix. Um, now, Blaney was super fast there last year, and, and the Fords were ex- really good at, at um at phoenix last year um blaney probably could have won that race if his teammate who was uh, running for the championship wasn't right in front of him so um that's that's something to consider as well
2: yeah i've, I've got to go with blaney i think he's finished the second the last two races there um, and again, like you said probably followed some sort of team orders last year um, but yeah i think he's got to go to blaney i just don't see I don't see him not showing up and being quick.
1: Christopher Bell's really quick, but he always seems like to have some kind of problem, some issue on pit road or something that messes his day up when, when, um, you know, when, when things are getting really hairy, you know, when, so, um, I like Christopher Bell. I hope he does well and I wouldn't be upset at all if he wins. I just, I always feel like there's something happens to him at the least, least appropriate time.
2: I think i'd actually like to see somebody other than one of the championship four win i think that would put a different yeah, dynamic that. put a different dynamic into those guys you know if, if you got those four guys that are running sixth through 10th or whatever what, what does that do to the race i mean that's i don't know i just think it'd be I don't, I don't think anybody since this format's been in place i don't think i don't think anyone has won the last season race that hasn't won the championship but i don't know i think that would be interesting
0: I'm dreaming, I know, but Kevin Harvick used to be dominant at Phoenix. I'd love to see him win in his final start. That would be so cool, but I know it's unlikely, but uh, yeah, that would be a dream scenario.
1: Metro Ford of Chicago delivers to you. Whether you're looking for a new or used car, we have over 160 vehicles in stock. Living large or strapped for cash, good credit, no credit, doesn't matter. It's all good at Metro Ford of Chicago. We offer easy financing and guaranteed credit approval. Visit emetroford.com to view our complete inventory and tell them Patrick sent you. Metro Ford of Chicago, serving Chicagoland and beyond for over years. 45 years. Ah, ah, ah,
3: ah, ah! Will
2: this computer run iRacing?
0: Not now. All right, let's jump to hardware software presented by Metro Ford. And the first one is the SemiCube Throttle. We have a couple different video reviews of the SemiCube uh, Throttle that is available that you to buy in conjunction with the SemiCube Active Pedal. So the idea is you buy the active pedal for the brake, which is like $2,200 or something. And then you buy the uh, regular load cell pedal to go with it. That's like $360. And it makes it a lot more affordable instead of buying two $2,200 pedals. Uh, Because a lot of people are saying you don't need the active pedal for the throttle, just really for the brake. And so this is available for purchase and uh, Dan Suzuki and uh, Will Ford uh, both do videos on them. And um, you know, it's, it's suitable. It's kind of overpriced for what it is um, is what they both said. Uh, It's quite noisy. Um, The, the sound of it when you release the throttle or hit the, the the stop when you push it down is clunk, clunk, clunk. Uh, Those are the kind of the downside, but, you know the upsides are, hey, if you have the active pedal for the brake, this color matches. It looks right. It's appropriate. It, it you put it on the same, you know, pedal plate. Everything looks right. Yeah, I watched uh, all these videos, and
3: you know, I think Dan Suzuki kind of summed it up. He said, you know, uh, when you look at the price of, you know, the the active versus non-active, he said, you know, yeah, get the brake. The active brake, that's good. But, you know, unless you got money to burn, your throttle just needs to be the regular, not the active. Uh, Because I think it was like, what, six times the price to go to the
0: active? Yeah, the value just isn't there. I mean, you know, when they first announced these and they didn't have this throttle option, you know, we're thinking, okay, three pedals, you know, you're about $6,000. Holy cow.
2: No way.
0: Even at the $2,200 break and the and the $360 throttle and other accessories, still no way, right?
3: No, okay. no, not at all. They got to get the price down on that or something because, I mean, what? I mean, the average iRacer, SimRacer, we don't have that kind of money. You're just not going to buy that. And especially if you look at these videos, your your conclusion has to be, no, I'm not doing this.
0: Well, look at what you can get for $2,200. I mean, I mean, you can buy the nice coaches, hydraulic pedals that are all metal and pretty and shiny and nice and perfect and pay a lot less, you know, and have three pedals, you know, and you could have them inverted and you know, or you can even pay less like you did, John, and you bought your pedals, you know sim magic, you know hydraulic inverted with rumble pedals, you know,
3: yeah, you know when we buy this- this equipment, I mean we're looking at a couple of things, we're looking at the immersion of of sim racing, you know we want to feel like we're in a real race car, and the other thing is we're always hoping that whatever we buy is gonna give us a little bit more speed. I don't know if it does it or not, but, uh, you know, I think Dan Suzuki mentioned that, you know, with this this active pedal, it, it's not going to make you faster. He he just didn't see that. So then in my mind, I'm thinking, well, if it's not going to make me faster, then why do I want to spend that much money for a throttle?
0: So you can feel the ABS under braking. I mean, that's really what it's all about. All right, Brian, how about is motion worth it?
1: Yeah, this is another review from Dan Suzuki. Um, He reviews the D-Box Gen 5 4250i haptic system, or D-Box motion system. So... um, you know, D-box is uh, you know one of the leaders in motion and and not just in quality but in price and that's the biggest thing that uh, that Dan talked about at the very end here when he does his wrap up is like is this and and this goes back to the active pedals is this going to make you faster and he says he didn't he didn't get any th- the the kind of information out of the motion systems that was able to make him faster it maybe maybe helped with a uh, little bit with um, and and this is my experience, too. It might help you with a little bit about when your car has reached its max grip and stuff like that, which is which is helpful. Um, but um, he for, again, this is a very expensive system. And for the if, if you have the money to burn, it's an excellent way to increase the immersion of racing. Um, and and I, I agree with him 100 percent with that. It's. There's there, there's a lot less expensive systems out there that give you close enough to the um, the same thing as a D-Box that you can get away with it for a fraction of the cost of uh, the SRX-1000 or... Um, You know, all those uh, those are options that are that are certainly a lot less expensive than uh, the D box, which again has a little bit better fidelity, um, a little smoother maybe, but it's just a lot of money for something that you can get in other ways for less. Um, Again, but. As far as making you faster he does not recommend this system if you think it's going to make you a faster driver it's just not going to do that it's just going to make your experience better so that's basically where he's at if if you have the money to to uh to make your experience uh that much more interesting then yeah it's 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 worth it
0: um delay he said that these have very little delay compared to some other systems so it's very real time And haptic. Uh, They have haptic-like motors embedded in these things. So, not only are you getting motion, but you're getting haptic on all four corners. So, that's a big value in it, too. But again, like Brian said, you can use other brands and systems and recreate motion and haptic for a a fraction of the cost. Mm -hmm.
1: Right. butt pickers would probably give you just as good of a haptic experience as these do. And uh, for, again, mixing that with uh, some lesser expensive motion systems,
0: you get a very similar experience. All right, Brad, how about the Gomez Hyper SL?
2: Yeah, so Gomez uh, unveils their new Hyper SL uh, screenless wheel. So that was a tweet from them. So it's prepared to be hyped once again as we unveil the Hyper SL. So stunning that even its backside outshines its front. Um, it's a really cool looking formula wheel. Uh, and on the high end, Prices is around $1,300. But I, I think you know what Gomez, you're getting some very good quality, very good quality built wheel. It's just beautiful. It's got to be 25 buttons on the thing. I don't know how you how you find time to, to drive if you got to push all the buttons, but uh, it's a really cool looking wheel.
0: That's a good point, Brad. I have a, but I have a formula wheel with a lot of buttons and I rarely touch them. I rarely, rarely touch them, but I'm not that kind of driver yet, but man, this thing is a beauty. I mean, it's got triple paddles on the back, not just double. And, um, like David has said that those triple one is really nice. You can use those for like push to talk and stuff like that. Um, but, this is like their high-end wheel, but without the screen on it, is, is the way I look at this. They have a, another wheel that we've talked about a few months ago that's a little more entry-level, but this is like taking it up a notch. Got all, like I said, the six paddles on the back and the, every button you could want, carbon fiber, the whole thing.
2: When money is no object.
0: <laughs> when you, on well, the you know- Go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say,
3: you know, the the formula, it seems like a new formula wheel comes out every five or ten days, you know, out on the market. And and I, you know, of course, I'm not a road course guy, but I look at these wheels and I'm wondering with all of these buttons, you know, how does somebody decide which formula wheel is going to be the one you want? Uh, uh, You just about have to have an engineering degree to figure out what all these buttons and dials are for. So, you know, how do you go about
0: picking which one is the right one? It's tough. I I tell you, like, and then when you get the wheel, John, the, the stickers aren't on the buttons. And so then the hard decision is, okay, well, what sticker do I put on which button? And you want it to be right. Like, you don't want it to be backwards from what, you know, real race car drivers do and stuff. And I had no idea what sticker to put where. And what I ended up doing was going on the website where I bought my wheel, bring up the picture, you know, the the marketing picture that had the stickers on it, and I just matched what I saw on screen because I had no idea what to do.
3: So did that work out pretty well? I mean, in terms of, you know, okay, yeah, this is the
0: right button for that sticker. I mean, was that a pretty good guide? I, I mean, it worked out. It got the job done. But like like I said before, I don't actually use them. <laughs>
1: Yeah, so uh, this wheel here is going to be available for pre-order on November 10th. You can't quite pre-order it just yet, but it's coming up soon. It's running around $1,100 US. All
0: right, John, we have the APAV simulator. So, yeah, in the
3: category of if you've got money to burn. uh, So the uh, APAV simulator uh, has, you know, they've got some motion rigs. Uh, a lot of them are you know kind of turnkey uh, motion rigs and if you've got somewhere between 11 and 70,000 bucks, uh, they've got some really cool things. They actually have one I think the one for about 70,000 is called the spider because it really looks like spider legs on this thing um, So yeah more
0: more motion sims. They have a lot of stuff on their website, appav.com. They're out of Southern California, and they sell Moza stuff as well as, like you said, motion rigs, full turnkey, everything.
2: You know, the one that was this shows here is the Cooler Master, and I don't know. If I'm going to spend that kind of money, I'm not. I just don't think I'm going to go tubular with 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 a you know uh, with a chassis just. Not easy to expand or to do anything that you want to do to it, as opposed to you know eighty twenty.
0: Boy, you're right on the money there. When you look at what they have on the Instagram and you go to the website, two thousand seven hundred fifty dollars. It's a tubular cockpit. Now it looks really nice and sleek and everything, and the wheel, the seat looks pretty bomb. But man, that's a lot of money for a tubular cockpit. That's too much.
2: And again trying to, to do anything to to upgrade. Um, you know, when I was racing before, I had an obutto and, you know, that was a two-briller. And that was basically, you know, when Obuto came out, I mean, that's that was really the only option um, on a lower end. But, man, it was just painful to try to do anything to add on to that cockpit.
0: Yeah, I had the Obutto revolution. All right, Brian, we have the Simibox DDU dashboard.
1: Yeah, so this is a, a digital LCD dashboard, RGB with 16 RGB lights. Um, uh, it's compatible with uh, Vocor. It's a five-inch display. Um, looks really nice. Um, I'm sure it could probably work for with uh, SimHub as a third monitor uh, type of um, dashboard. And uh, yeah, I saw some pictures of it mounted on top of, of uh, a wheel on their on their uh, website, or actually on eBay. Um, where you can buy it. And uh, it's, it's just, you know, pretty pretty solid looking. Um, coming in at 120 pounds, I believe that is. Um, so you do the math, figure out how much it would be uh, here in the, in the States.
2: So yeah, so I actually went down a rabbit hole, I guess about a month ago and was looking at these. And I mean, between eBay, Etsy, and all kinds of different stuff, there's, there's tons of options when it comes to these. And then price-wise, you know, from something that's three D printed to you know, a stainless or a steel case. Uh, I mean there's just so many different options out there. But this one's I looked at this one quite a bit just because of the price. You know, it's hard to to beat. You know, something's gonna come in probably under two hundred dollars when you're when you can look at some of them, you know, that are five and six hundred dollars.
0: Or you can do like I did and get one of these uh fifteen dollar three D printed cell phone holders and then you get a a cell phone and stick it in there.
2: Saving money. Good job,
0: Mike. <laughs> it works. I mean, I, I don't feel like I need one of these things because I have, I literally have two phones. I have an Android and an Apple, but the Android, I don't really, is not my regular phone. So I'm using that as a dash.
3: Yeah. And, and Mike, don't you get pretty much all the same information on your, your phone that, that you would get on most of these uh, displays?
0: Well, sure. They're all fed from you know uh, S- SimHub or uh, mine is actually from J- Joel Real Timing. So
1: yeah, I mean it works. It's they're good. It's, I, I, it's something that I wanted, but it's like I race in VR, so it's really not going to do anything for me other than look
0: really cool. Now, uh, a friend of the show, Louder Racing, just literally in the last hour posted up in the Discord uh, pictures of his setup. And he's got the Gomez wheel with the dash, the full-blown one, the Hyper-P one. He's got that big-ass Porsche dash, the real big one that goes way across. And then he's got triples, and he's showing off pictures of it. And I I told him, man, that dash is big. Can you see over it? And he he sent another picture that uh, is a little bit uh, more of the right angle, but boy, that thing's a beauty.
3: Yeah. He's, he's got a nice setup there, you know?
0: Uh, and yeah, I, it, that second
3: picture you can see, uh, that he's able to see over top of that people I'll jump in our discord and, and take a look at that. It's under the rig setup section. Uh, really nice. Thanks for posting that.
0: I think, didn't you see a picture of triples in the chat, John, this week that said I'm sold is what you said.
3: Yeah. One of our teammates, uh, posted you know we some of the guys were posting pictures of their setups and uh and i don't remember who it was but somebody posted chris yeah chris it was the perfect angle uh the, the way he took the picture and you could see in those triples just how wide the field of view is in that when i saw that picture i thought uh okay i'm gonna get triples yeah i can see a lot there so great uh, i'm sold
0: yeah, he, he did it right. He's got 32s, which is like a really good size for triples, and then he's got them curved.
3: Yeah, you know, in the past, I mean, I've heard a lot of people say, oh, you should get triples, but I don't know. There was something, just something about his picture, the angle he took it at, that I finally realized just how far to the side of your car you can see, and now I can understand, you know, in in race conditions – you're going to be able to see who's beside you, where they're at, you know, and yeah,
0: I want that. Right.
2: Are yours curved, Mike, or, or are yours flat?
0: I'm flat. Yeah, I'm flat 27s.
2: Yeah, that's what I've got. Oh, no, it's, it's quite a bit of debate. I think you see between flat and curved. Curve looks really good from the outside because it's that nice, you know, just you get that nice half moon when you look at it. Um, you know, and that, I'll probably go to thirty twos at some point, but 27s pretty, pretty good spot to land.
0: All right, let's hit uh, one more here, Don. Uh, you have this one: the Sim Magic P one thousand pedal review inverted. Yeah, so Sean Cole from the Sim Pit did
3: the uh, did a review of the P one thousand inverted pedals, uh, and we we've, we've seen a lot of reviews on YouTube of these pedals uh what he did was the uh, uh these are not the the hydraulic uh they're load cell pedals but he really liked them. he said these things are you can they're highly adjustable upgradable good precision uh good drivability you know he said that the two downsides of these pedals as you get the inverted is they do take up a lot of space and to go to the inverted, yeah, there's there's an upcharge for that. Uh, but overall, he liked these pedals, and it, that seems to be pretty consistent with all the other reviews I've seen. He said these are, you know, they're next generation high-end pedals. So, uh, uh, yeah, he had great things to say about these.
0: I think it's a great value without breaking the bank you look you want to buy a permanent pedal something that's going to last you for a lifetime or longer but you don't want to you know go crazy like we were talking about before with the direct pedals the uh, active pedals uh this is a, a great value just you know hey i want a high-end pedal but i don't want to break the bank
2: when i was getting back into buying everything i looked at these pretty hard because uh, i end up going with same magic wheelbase ecosystem um, but. I don't know. Um, I ended up going with the Husenfeld sprints. And the biggest thing with me with some of the, you know, like with Husenfeld is the, the aftermarket support you get. Um, you know, that's the one thing they're just known for. And, you know, I did multiple sets of fanatics and stuff like that, had issues. Um, you know, when I got rid of my stuff seven years ago, I had the main performance pedals, which were great. But, um, you know, I, I think they're a good pedal. Have you gotten them set up, John?
3: So, yeah, it's, I, I, you know, I haven't got to use them yet. I've had these for about 10 days. Uh, when I took them out of the box, there was, you know, I think somebody at the assembly plant had a bad day, and they had stripped uh, some of the threads on the brake pedal. So I got a hold of SimMotion, which is where I got them, showed them pictures, and, you uh, i got to hand it to them. The guys at SimMotion did a good job, and they sent a replacement. Really, the whole hydraulic unit, Uh, not just the threads that were stripped, but a whole new hydraulic unit, just got that yesterday. so I'm going to get to try them out finally tomorrow, and I can maybe give a full report on these next week.
2: Yeah, looking forward to it.
0: All right. Uh, I'm going to jump to one more before we go to results at the end of the script here. Black Friday is starting up, guys. Uh, the first uh, company that I saw that's offering a Black Friday deal is Track Racer, 15% off. Tom Dryling, our teammate, he's actually buying that Alpine uh, tubular Track Racer cockpit. And he had been waiting for something like this, and boom, here it is, 15% off. So he told me that he's actually gonna buy this uh, here shortly in the next week or so. And so boy, if you're looking at track racer, now's the time.
2: Yep, I got that email uh, this week. So because that's I went with, that, with the TR one sixty. So uh, good stuff. I wish I'd had it the ten percent off back in July.
0: So you have the TR one sixty?
2: Yeah. Yeah, I love it
0: that's a, it's a great cockpit and and let's just briefly review some of the i mean John you're you're kind of on the cusp of making decisions and stuff and and you've been looking at simlab and we talk about advanced sim racing like the ASR6 but you got to keep the track racer TR160 as part of the conversation too i mean that's one of the premier cockpits to choose from uh in my opinion <laughs> Yeah, this, and this
3: 15% off, uh, you know, that just piques my interest in it a little bit more because, and, and Brad would be able to tell us, but it looks to me like that thing is solid. Uh, it's got plenty of room for expansion to add all the peripherals you want on it. So I, I think that's the one I'm starting to lean to.
2: Yeah, it's as solid as solid it can get. I mean, I've got the integrated triple monitor stand. With actually four monitors on it. So um twenty-sevens, yeah, it doesn't move, it doesn't budge, just yeah, plenty of room. Um coming from the Oboto world years ago, yeah, I knew there was no way I could go back to something like that. And 80 20, I just don't see I, I just don't understand why you wouldn't go eighty twenty from expandability to rigidness. Um I just don't think you can go wrong.
0: Each of those companies I called out, they're pretty much the same product. Okay, they're they're all eighty twenty. They're all pretty much the same thing. They're all built the same way, so you can't go wrong with any of those three. I don't know. I always like the ASR Advanced sim Racing because of the colors. They do some nice powder coating. You can get a color um, if you're not into just the normal black.
2: Yeah, I looked at those again. It comes down to you know if you got money to burn, you can do whatever you want to do.
0: Okay, we're gonna jump on to results. Let's talk NIS, Martinsville, Friday Open. P5, top split, baby. And guess what, 231 championship points. This might be the most points I've ever gotten in any race in iRacing. Uh, I don't know how to look that up. I wish we had a really robust stat system with chat GPT integrated where I could ask the question, Hey, what's the most championship points I've ever, uh, you know, earned in a race. But anyway, I think it is, um, I was ecstatic with that finish considering what a caution fest Martinsville is. But uh, to do it in top split to be, you know, I think I was car 22, um, you know, to get a top five tons of points on the table I, my high rating jumped. Everything. I uh, just kept my nose clean. I did not get to the incident limit this time, and the strategy worked. Uh, that was the strategy: not get incident. It wasn't about you know keeping track position and doing this and that. It was about not getting incidents, and it worked out. Yeah, I think that 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 day probably sealed my my second in the point. Yeah, it, you know, I watched your race
3: and uh, David's race at the same time, I had two screens going. And I did notice, you know, your strategy was just, just don't wreck,
0: and you kept moving up, moving up, moving up, and that
3: was a heck of a good race.
0: There was a lot of luck involved. I, I, I missed a lot of stuff that I could have been involved with. And and David Hall, on the other hand, he, he had the opposite luck. He got DQ'd out, that's all I'm saying, is what he said. Uh, he's not been a happy camper uh, with his luck recently. Uh, Joe Owen, uh, he was also a DNF. Moving to Saturday Fix, John, P-13. Yeah, uh,
3: P-13, you know, I I uh, got in the top split somehow. And so there were guys in my race that were five, 6,000 I-rating. Uh, so they were a lot faster than I was, but it was a good, clean race. I was able to you know get up to p13 and as far as i was concerned going up against guys that good p13 was just fine with me
0: yeah you gain a lot of i rating in a race like that um but it also gets you a chance to see wow how far off am i (laughs) oh i was off way off (laughs) okay moving on to wednesday open phoenix p8 uh pretty much ran fifth to tenth most of the race spent spun out on my own once uh had about two minutes damage but kept it clean and brought it home top 10 i'll take it uh, like i said before i was nervous as heck and just wanted to get some points on the board and so i could lock in that second place in the championship i think i did it so uh, if i run it again tomorrow night it's just gravy uh but man just relief it was really the the outcome of that top 10. I was running six near the end and these guys were on me and uh, you know, I could have raced them real hard to try to keep the six, but I let them go. I mean, I was just like, man, I I just need a top 10. All right, Chris, he got a P16. Car ran great most of the race, was able to drive up to the top 10 under green. And then I spun in the dog leg twice and took some damage and it was downhill from there. To finish P16, one lap down. Tony Rochette, P8, was stuck in 6th through ninth. All of the three and a half hours of it never really passed or got past much. it stuck. Don, P21. Yeah, so
3: this was fun for me because this was the first race where I finally got to uh, race with one of the Tifosi teammates. I was in Tony's race with him. Uh, I finished P21 and I, I committed the unpardonable sin in this one, guys i spun out and turned to on the very first lap of the race hit the wall front wheel damage could not be completely fixed you know i got in the pits potter spotter said we can't fix all the damage so i said to hell with this i'm gonna stay in this race anyway um so i did the last 310 laps with the damage right front but still managed to, to get up to P21 because so many people dropped out.
0: Yeah, that'll minimize your I rating loss for sure to stay in these races. That's always a good idea if you're wrecked out is try to finish if you can because you'll inadvertently gain some spots. Yeah, that, that's what I did. All right, Tyler Williamson, P12. He said, long race, got caught a lap down three separate times. Two wave arounds and one lucky dog. Had solid speed the entire race and felt pretty comfortable. Happy to complete this race with a zero X. I'm ready for Daytona. Shout out to the entire team. What a season for Tifosi. Well done fellows and congratulations, Tom. Brad, you got wrecked out.
2: Yeah, so uh, qualified seventh. I was running 12, I guess we're about 50 laps in. And you know, we had talked before, the race what we're going to do we're going to cut the dog leg or we're going to stay and i got lured into cutting the dog leg because it was quicker and um two guys ended up getting together and of course that was the lap I decided to go to the dog leg and I just couldn't avoid them Uh, ended up with about four minutes of damage uh, right front could never really get fixed Um, and I drove around for another 150 laps I think I ended up finishing 25th you know I wasn't going to really I didn't think gain anything else Um, you know the biggest thing for me was I stayed in there just because I wanted to make sure my wheel was good and everything seemed fine after getting it back Um, so just a a frustrating night Uh, really we had
0: good pace, and but that's okay. It's, it's all good, right? Uh, Draftmaster John, you ran a couple.
3: Yeah, Mike, I'm like you. I kind of get sucked into Draftmaster. I just, I, I just can't stay away. But uh, I did it on Saturday. Got P10 after starting P16. Dodged a few bullets. Zero uh, X, which is very unusual for Draftmaster and then ran it again on Sunday, got P6. Uh, Actually got wrecked twice in that race and had a damaged right wheel, but I just kept on driving, didn't even go in the pits, and
0: finished P6 anyway, so I was happy with that one. All right, well done. Let's jump to final thoughts. Brian McCubbin.
1: Um, So this uh, off-season here is going to be my time to get my crap together, get stuff working right. It's going to cost me some Big books, but I gotta do it. I gotta get. Yes, yeah, sure. So I just gotta get all this stuff straight now before the new season comes up, and uh, that's that's my project for the all season. Just just focus on getting things working right. All
0: right, very good, Brad Ren. Final thought.
1: i uh, just looking forward to the, uh, the winter
2: league that we'll be running in as a team. Um, you know, and then even the, the winter NIS. Just uh, just happy to have my base back. And, um, you know, just continue to, to get the I-rating built back up. I've lost a lot uh, dealing with all the wheel issues. So and then start to set up for uh, NIS next year and get off to a good start.
0: Yeah, very good. Um, I'm going to be missing the Winter League, at least the first few races, as I'm taking my uh, rig apart next week and to prepare to move at the end of the month. So I won't be back up and running until early December, um, but we'll join you then. All right. And uh, John uh, Kearney, uh, what are your final thoughts? So, you know, I, I finally hit a
3: milestone last Sunday. Uh, hit a 2000 I reading for the first time ever. So that gave me a little bit of a, a new lease on life. Uh, I, I just want to keep it there. It was pretty cool that I got there because I was able to race with one of my teammates last night, Tony Rochette. Uh so I want to keep climbing up the ladder to race with the rest of you guys that's my goal.
0: You got to find your uh, i rating wall like the highest point you can get before you start dropping down, you know, and I don't think you've hit that yet. Um I you know I've hit it before it's about 3580 is my number. <laughs> I can't get above that number. So uh you'll find that number and and you'll be humbled once you do. I can't wait. Uh, wow. My final thoughts, full distance races. I, I don't know if I'm a fan or not. I mean, I came away from that. My, my right foot is still actually a little sore around my ankle. Uh, and I had a big old crick in my neck, uh, for about an hour after the race where I couldn't turn my head to the left and my right wrist kind of felt like it was numb. Uh, because I didn't turn down the force feedback. I I just, I thought it was better to leave it hot, leave it up. But boy, I was worn out after that race. I was just like, man, I'm getting old or, or I, I really do need to turn down the force feedback, but, uh, it wore me out and, uh, just so happy to be done with the season. Um, have a decent result, you know, second in the championship, man, that's saying something, man, I kind of wish I won it, but. There was no way. I mean, I was running 2500 i-rating there for the longest time, and the only reason I I was able to keep second was I ran that draft master for one week and got a thousand i-rating, and now I'm at 3500. And these last few weeks at 3500 and getting these crazy points I've been scoring was the only way I was able to keep second. I probably would have fell down to fourth or fifth uh, if I had not done that draft master for one week. So. That literally saved my season. So uh, at the time I was doing it, I didn't think, I wasn't thinking that was going to, you know, that would be the outcome, but it indeed was. So uh, it's cool how those things work out. And with that, we'll see you on the track later. Thank you for listening to the Odd Racers Lounge podcast. Make sure you go subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play, Facebook, and Twitter. See you on the track.